Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to put an end to painful feelings? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. The first step in changing hurtful feelings and being able to feel good every day is we have to change some long-standing beliefs. See, the general consensus or information you get out there says that your thoughts, you really want to focus on your thoughts. Well, it's just not true. Your thoughts are a byproduct of what you're feeling. Everything starts with a feeling, and let me explain why that is. First of all, it's how our brain is designed. The way we process information, every bit of information we ever take in, whether we see it, smell it, touch it, taste it, hear it, it all comes through our thalamus. It's the emotional center of our brain. It splinters off to a couple other sections and basically what's happening is your brain and body are checking for past emotional experiences. And and based on those emotional experiences, it's going to generate a feeling. That's why certain people can like something another person doesn't like it. It's really based on their emotional connection, the emotional experience they have to that topic or food or whatever it may be. All right. So it's getting cataloged. Once it gets cataloged based on those previous emotional experiences, then it gets to thought. That's why so many people who are doing positive thinking stuff aren't improving because they're not addressing the core source of what's creating the negative thoughts. So start challenging yourself. That most likely for some of you right there, there's a feeling of, "Uh uh-oh, I was wrong. I don't like to be wrong. Now, see, we get an insight into what's creating the bad feelings or difficult feelings throughout the day. Where was the first time you learned it was not okay to have your own belief system? That's a window into it. So I'm going to walk you through the process so you can see why if you got a negative reaction to discovering that our feelings drive our behavior, not our thoughts, this is going to help you. You're going to see what started that and you're going to be able to flip that and that's going to start allowing you to feel good every day. Okay? So the first step in the process is really pretty straightforward. Just go onto Google. Type in feelings list. There are thousands of them. Just find one that resonates with you, that feels comfortable, has a good mix of both positive and negative feelings. Now, what you're going to want to do is keep that with you for several days and track what you're feeling. So like in my university programs, I have, you know, the the whole program starts with a self-awareness feeling tracker because feelings drive everything, not thoughts. And most people 
70% of the population doesn't even feel. They're completely disconnected from their feeling, which is really their body, because we really feel feelings in our body. And so, you know, with two-thirds of the population disconnected from the source of what drives their success and their ability to succeed in life, that's the first thing we have to get re-engaged. And so what I recommend in the master classes is that they track their feelings five times a day. Now you can do it more or less, obviously, the more you do it, the better. And the way to start is just notice for two, three, five, maybe even seven days, just make check marks. Let's say you're going to do it five times a day, five times a day, stop, pause and go, what am I feeling? Look through the list and start making check marks next to the feelings that really fit what, you know, what you're experiencing in that moment. Several things are going to happen. One, you're going to realize, wow, there's a big difference between frustrated and annoyed or angry. You've probably been categorizing things one way and you're going to realize there are subtleties, thing, little shifts or, and, and well, I'll get to that in a minute, little different ways you're experiencing something. So that's the first step. One, it's building a pattern. It's a habit of checking in on what you feel all the time. If you just try and do it one day and get to the, you know, move on, it's like, well, I've done it for a day. I'm ready for the rest of the stuff. You won't develop the habit because really what we're trying to learn here is a new habit to constantly be aware of what we feel because our feelings are driving our life, not our thoughts. And the more skill and effort we put into becoming an expert at noticing every second of the day exactly what we're feeling. The be- that's, that's the key to being able to feel good every day, okay? So I really encourage you, don't, don't skip this step. Spent, you know, I, 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 the way my master class is set up, they don't get access to any of the program for a full week. I'm encouraging them for a week, become an expert in what you feel. All right. It's in, it's imperative that you're really paying attention as much as possible as to what's what it is you're feeling. Now, once you get that, in a sense, the first thing you're going to see is you're going to notice there's a pattern. There are patterns to certain feelings that are repeating over and over and over. You're going to see check marks near anywhere from two to ten different feelings that are repeating throughout that week over and over and over. You're reliving them. Okay. Now, once you see that, the next step is to ask yourself, when was the first time I ever had this feeling? Remember in the beginning, when I challenged the belief system that thoughts drive our behavior, what did you feel? Was there a sense of, you know, so let's say in that moment, there was a sense of, uh uh-oh, I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I, you know, or some sort of denial or push away or argument with me. Ask yourself, when was the first time I had this exact same experience? Almost always. It's going to refer back to something in childhood. But here's the key. I don't, I'm not saying just go back to childhood. What I'm encouraging you to do is ask yourself, what's my first memory of this? It could be yesterday. The first, and, and what matters is the first thing that pops into your mind. Don't filter and go, well, that wasn't a big deal. That's what a lot of people do. Start writing down all the experiences you've had of when it wasn't okay to have your own thoughts and beliefs on something or you were told you were wrong. 
because that's probably how somebody perceived that new information was I'm bad or wrong. So that's what you're looking for is when, when was the first time I remember having this experience? And you may get flooded with countless memories. Just keep, just write them all down as many as you can. And they may bounce. You may, you know, one yesterday, one from five years old, 18 years old, all over. It doesn't matter. Just catalog them. Catalog all of them. As many as you can. Start noticing. Oh, my goodness. I have been repeating this feeling all my life. The next question is, where in your body do you feel it? Now, you're going to notice when you feel anger, sadness, frustration, happiness, joy, whatever it may be, it'll correlate to a certain part of your body. Now, the reason it does that is, and this is really what causes illness, we are feeling that feeling repetitively and the cells of the body break down because of the toxicity of that feeling, the cell structure and everything. And that's really what creates disease, dis-ease. We're not at ease with ourselves and our body is sending us a message that emotionally we need to address something. And unless we address this, we're going to end up sick and hurt. Okay. So now that you have laid out your first experiences with it and where in your body do you feel it? <clears throat> the next step is to ask yourself, what is my action that I take after I feel this feeling? Now, you may, you may not have memories of some of, you know, what your actions were, you know, a year ago or 20 years ago or whatever it may be. And that's okay if you don't. But if you do, catalog them. Again, you're going to start seeing there's a way you medicate that feeling. You avoid it. You end up doing something detrimental to yourself. You go against yourself. That's what's keeping this repetition of feeling bad in your life going. You keep repeating the feeling, and here's why. When we have an emotional experience, it creates an emotional chemical addiction inside our brain and body in the actual cells. And remember I said we store things in our body. So literally what happens is, here, a perfect example. We all know the drama king or queen, right? Somebody who just can't let, they just can't live in peace. They're constantly stirring up trouble. Well, that's usually signs of, you know, lots of difficulties when they were growing up. Probably weren't heard, lots of abandonment, um, lots of fear. And so they're just sitting on the couch watching TV. They're actually calm, doing nothing. But because of the way emotions work and the chemicals they release and how our brain and body becomes addicted addicted. I know people will have a strong feeling to that. So let me see if I can find a, a word that doesn't generate such a feeling because we, we all have these judgments about addiction. But that's literally, if you like, I don't know, if you like tennis shoes, it's an addiction. It's a chemical reaction, an emotional reaction that goes, oh, I love tennis shoes. And that addiction fires and it releases those chemicals. Well, because of our, our brain never likes to work. Our brain is constantly seeking to repeat what it knows, even if what it knows is detrimental to us. What it, it doesn't know right from wrong or good or bad. It just knows known versus unknown. And it basically surmises, well, I'm alive. 
even if my life has had all these tragedies, doesn't matter. I'm still alive. It, your brain is just trying to survive. It's not categorizing what is good for us or bad for us. And so, because it's learned this emotional response, addiction, maybe you don't like addiction, so it's learned this pattern. So it's seeking to repeat it over and over and over and over so it can sleep. It never has to work. It never has to do anything because it takes tremendous energy for our brain to work. So that's why the drama king or queen they're just sitting on the couch doing nothing. And all of a sudden they send off this text message and everything blows up. We've all, I'm sure you could, you have friends like that or ex-partners like that, or hopefully you're not still with a partner like that. But if you are, have empathy. They're not doing it on purpose. They're just in an emotional loop um, based on painful childhood experiences that they've never, you know, reconcile and their brain and body is literally addicted their brain is just sitting there going hey hey it's too quiet i need my fix it sends a signal to that part of your body creates the loop the chemicals release and boom drama everywhere in their life so that's what's happening and so that's why you need to start you need to catalog what are your actions after you experience that feeling where do they work for you and against you? Okay. Now, quite often you're going to see how they work against you, that there's this patterned response of, well, take it in relationships. Most of us at the end of a relationship go, God, I knew from the beginning, I knew this was trouble, but I couldn't stop myself. There you go. Now, do you see how it all circles back and ties in? The reason you couldn't stop yourself is your brain and body is addicted to that. Why? Because it learned it almost always in childhood, a patterned response of survival with mom and dad, brothers and sisters, that was painful and it got conditioned to seek to repeat that feeling. It feels like the right thing to do. Even if it feels like the wrong thing to do, we can't stop it until we heal that feeling. That's the biggest step is we have to be willing to commit ourselves to, to reworking that emotion. Now, the process to do that, I'll try and give you a little bit of it. I mean, obviously, this is stuff that gets worked out with clients, you know, individually or through my groups. I can't do it in a short podcast because every individual is different, exactly how they store it, what they're, you know, uh, um, painful experience was so it, you know there will be subtleties and things like that but there there are some things that you can do on your own and so I'm going to try and give you some suggestions on how you do it the first thing you can do is recognize that the first time you got that message or had that emotional experience that it was just your parents brothers sister aunts uncles coaches teachers whoever it may be being imperfect that because they had emotional imperfections that they hadn't addressed, they dumped those emotions into us. We're actually carrying somebody else's pain. It's not even ours, okay? <clears throat> and so it's a recognition that they were imperfect, that they did the best they could. It's not a yelling and screaming. It's not an anger thing. And, and even, I mean, it's okay if, say, you went through rape or abuse, that's where you learned this feeling. 
and you went through horrific things, it is okay to be angry at it. I'm not, I'm not denying you your anger. Um, I am saying if you stay stuck in the anger, that's the loop. And so what it requires is a recognition of only victims victimize other people. So this is tough for people to hear, but I mean, I don't condone rape or abuse or any of that stuff, but the only reason a person does that is because they experienced it. That's it. It's learned. We're not born that way. And so maybe that will help you if you went through something horrific to look at it and go, I don't condone what they do or what they did to me, but I can understand why they did it. And I can have a heart. They're feeling the exact same pain I'm feeling and we're the same. Now, maybe they chose not to face it and that's sad, but at least I can understand it. All right. And maybe I didn't go and hurt people like they did, but I can understand it. And from that, that gives a, that lowers some of that resentment, which is a feeling. It lowers some of that anger. It allows us to get back centered within ourselves. And from that place, we can give it back to them. And so every client or university member has their own way of doing that. I know for me, the way I did it is, you know, it would usually stuff with my father is I would, you know, grab that message or that feeling inside my chest. And I just go, dad, I love you. I know you did the best you could but this is your pain and I won't carry it for you any longer. If you've read my book, that's, you know, there's the final chapter. I talk about how I gave the last bit of my father's pain back to him and said, I won't carry it anymore. I did it lovingly, but it was time to let it go. And that's what sets us free. We have to go back through those painful moments and rework them. Now there are many more steps to it, you know, or different ways to do it because each individual, handles that um, or gets benefit from it differently. Other options are, and this is, you know, remember, we store our emotional experiences, especially, you know, all of our painful ones in our body. I can't tell you how many clients come in with my shoulders are tight. I always check in. How's your body? What's going on? Ah, oh, shoulders are tight. Okay. So tell me what's going on in your life. If it's their shoulders, they feel like they're carrying the weight of somebody else's burden, problem, whatever, you know, if it's their knee, they're, they're afraid to step into their life. It, it all correlates every single, whatever you are struggling with physically in your body. If you have an injury or a tightness or something like that, it's all an, it's it, your body is screaming at you. What emotion to, you need to face and process and learn to let go of. It's all it is. I'd sit there with clients, we work through it, you just watch their shoulders drop. It just disappears. It's just, I always find it fascinating. And, and, and just to see the peace in them, the comfort that comes back into their life, it's just a great experience for both of us, you know, because that's what we all want. It's more peace in our life. So many things can help us. This is why so many people get addicted um, to working out, yoga, because Body therapy is great for us. I recommend all of it, whether it's massage, um, yoga, uh, acupuncture, I, I don't, Reiki. There are all these different techniques. All of them are great because I've, I had one client who she didn't know how to take care of herself. She was having um, 
uh, fibromyalgia and uh, arthritis. Those are all caused from an inability to say no, an inability to love ourselves. And I, you know, we started talking about self-care and, and one of the things she'd always said she wanted was a massage, but she never felt like, you know, she could do that. Her job was to take care of others. Well, that was, you know, a challenge I gave her was to go get a massage. Well, she texted me. She just broke down crying. It all came pouring out. And that can happen for people. Certain body therapies, that can be, you know, more effective than my talking with them and, and giving them these skills and tools. Everybody's different. And that's why I'm all, but, you know, I don't, I don't say any of them are bad. Try them all. But that's why so many people are so addicted. You know, they can't sit still. Um, they have to keep moving because their body is in complete turmoil and, and, and experiencing lots of emotions. And so they're trying to process it out through activity. So I encourage you, don't stop it. Like, you know, keep doing it, but make sure you, you do the feelings work behind it. Because if you're not understanding what's driving you to be so excited about this certain activity, that there's a feeling you're trying to reconcile within you. You're missing out on the full benefits of something you really enjoy. And that's all we're after, is to enjoy everything as much as possible. So those are some quick tips on the way to do it. Obviously, it's much more involved, but that will really give you the basis to start feeling good real, every single day. And, and the, the most important piece, now you're going to know why. Every single time you have a bad feeling in your life, it's just tying into past painful experiences. That's it. And when you become an expert in those and an expert in reworking them, you get to feel good every single day. And you know exactly when a painful experience comes up in the present tense, you know exactly what to do to flip it around. So give that a try and enjoy feeling good every day.